So hello everyone and welcome to Wednesday of the second week of Lent and today is also the feast of St. John of God. Now, I, I think I got my facts right. He was a soldier, he's a farmer, then he was a soldier and he was a merchant and I think he had a, a, a gambling problem and I think he gambled it all away, made a complete total mess of his life and that, you know, sometimes you have to do that and to make, to be able to find God. But anyway, he had this conversion experience and um, he becomes someone, this is back in the 14th century or something, and uh, hospitals back in those days were nasty, nasty places. And uh, he became someone who worked in hospitals. And eventually, uh, he became a leader of a particular hospital for the poor, so the poor. And he was like, a, he was a Teresa of, Ava, a Teresa of, of Calcutta, a Mother Teresa of his day. And, and apparently, from what I gather, he was always in debt. 
Um, I guess he was always dead all his life. But um, I, a person who just really, really served God and kind of was in the midst of his own brokenness. And, and uh, uh, um, so we can celebrate his feast day today. In the midst of our brokenness, too, you and I can uh, be a servants of this God of ours, too. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let's ask God, this God who loves us so very much. He loves us no matter who we are. Let's ask him for his mercy. And Lord Jesus, you do heal the sick. Lord, have mercy. You bring pardon and peace to sinners. Christ, have mercy. And you feed us with your word today. Lord, have mercy. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting God. Everlasting life. Amen. Sorry, I got St. John of God mixed in there when I was doing that. O God who filled St. John of God with a spirit of compassion, grant we pray that giving ourselves to works of charity, we may merit to be found among the elect in your kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem said, Come, let us contrive a plot against Jeremiah. It will not mean the loss of instruction from the priests, nor of counsel from the wise, nor of messages from the prophets. And so, let us destroy him by his own tongue. Let us carefully note his every word. Heed me, O Lord, and listen to what my adversaries say. Must good be repaid with evil, that they should dig a pit to take my life? Remember that I stood before you to speak in their behalf to turn away your wrath from them. The word of the Lord. set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, Lord, O faithful God. I hear the whispers of the crowd that frighten me from every side as they consult together against me, plotting to take my life. Rescue me 
Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we're going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man is going to be handed over to the chief priests and scribes. They will condemn him to death, hand him over to the Gentiles, and be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing, wishing to ask him for something. And he said to her, What do you wish? And she answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit one on your right, the other on your left, when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? And they said to him, We can. He replied, my chalice, you will indeed drink. But to sit on my right and on my left is not mine to give, but for those for whom, it been, for whom it has been prepared by my father. Now when the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them all, and he said to them, You know how the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt? It shall not be like that with you. Rather, who wishes to be great among you shall be your servant." Who wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life completely as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, often, as one author writes, when a new era begins in history, a myth uh, from that era begins to spring up. Now, many uh, historians believe that the modern era began in the 12th century for a lot of different reasons. That's when cities began, libraries, universities, all kinds of different things like that. We now live in the postmodern era, by the way. The, the modern era is now over. We live in a postmodern era. But the myth that began to grow in the 12th century, along with the coming of uh, uh, the modern era, was the quest or the search for the Holy Grail. Now, there are many versions to that. They're all pretty similar in some ways, but one of the versions is King Arthur and the Round Table. The Holy Grail is the cup that Jesus used at the Last Supper. And as the story goes, Joseph of Arimathea used that cup there to catch the blood of Jesus um, as he was dying upon the cross. Then Joseph of Arimathea apparently took the cup to England with him, where it got lost. And so as the myth goes, the myth is the quest, the search for the Holy Grail. Uh, the quest is really the search for Christ. The quest is the search for your soul. And when one finds one's soul, we find at the core, the bottom of our soul, we will find the Christ. That's why oftentimes in the Eucharist, drinking from the cup is a much more intimate encounter than just receiving the host. But that's for another day. In the gospel, Jesus, now let's go, let's turn all that, get that, let's turn that to the gospel. Jesus trying to explain to his disciples the things that are going to kind of go on whenever he gets to Jerusalem. And they don't buy it at all. They, they simply can't hear it. They kind of think it's kind of colorful language for the great political victory that's going to happen. And oftentimes I wonder, do we really believe Jesus, you know, and his, his, uh, him as the real Messiah, a redeemer of our world? 
I mean, in many ways, don't we still think there's some political guy that's going to come out, somehow show up, that's going to kind of fix everything? We still kind of buy that, I think, in a sense, 2,000 years later. I can give you examples of it. And and uh, um, Adolf Hitler would be one. Whenever we, we, we would understand what Adolf Hitler was like in the 1930s, they thought he was the Messiah. They thought he was a savior. And we kind of do that stuff uh, even today in many ways. But uh, um, so James and John, or actually their, their mother, approaches Jesus and he says, can we sit on one on your right and one on your left? And you kind of heard the story with all that. And the other disciples become angry, not because um, they asked for that, but because they beat them to the punch. They beat uh, the rest of the 10 to asking that kind of a question. And then Jesus somehow begins to explain to them how things are really going to go. And he says to them, can you drink that cup that I'm going to drink? Can you drink the cup I'm going to be drinking? And they say, yes. Again, completely missing the point. They think it's a cup of power and prestige and fame where Jesus is saying to them, the cup he's going to drink is a cup of service, of giving to others, of, of, uh, of ransoming himself for the good of others, uh, showing how much the Father loves us by his service. He sees the cup very, very differently than they do. So they kind of miss the point through all of this. Now, if I may, back to the Holy Grail, to that cup, if I can, for one, uh, whenever uh, we, we talk about this. Um, whenever you uh, come into the castle in the, in the myth of the Holy Grail, and, and as the story goes, when you enter the castle where the Grail is supposed to be, you're supposed to ask a question. And the question you're supposed to ask is, whom does the Grail serve? And the grail, as I said before, really is your soul. Um, whom, who do I serve is the question. Who do I serve? Whom does the grail serve? Who do I serve? And there's two possible answers to that question. Do I serve myself or do I serve Christ? And so the right answer, of course, is that you serve Christ. Now, to ponder that and, and to think about that for a moment, we as a culture have been saying we serve ourselves for quite a long time. And we continue to pollute the world that we live in. We continue to be very, very selfish. And, and things don't seem to be getting any better for the vast majority of us. For a few it does, but not for the vast majority. So when are we as a culture going to begin to serve Christ as opposed to serving ourselves? But then we ask ourselves, are we serving Christ? That becomes the big question. So can we drink of the cup that Jesus is talking about? The cup Jesus is talking about is a cup of service. First of all, serving him. And through that serving of him, serving others. And as Jesus is, uh, to be a ransom for the many. I hope that all makes sense to all of you. This idea of the Holy Grail and how it kind of matches up for all this. But here's my question for today. What does it mean for us today to drink the cup that Jesus will drink? God bless you folks. Thank you for joining me and looking forward to seeing you again. And again, I hope that all made sense for you. Goodbye now.